Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to a Friday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Jose will be our producer today. He's going to be busy because we have guests today that we hope you will like and we hope you will also call us and talk a little sports today uh on the guest list former gator men's basketball coach lon kruger uh lon is being honored here of course he was just inducted recently into the college basketball hall of fame uh but we're going to concentrate on lon's time here uh at florida of course he got the gators to a, a final four uh when he was here it just seems like yesterday, but it was a while ago. Mike DiRocco, who covers Jacksonville Jaguars, will also be here. Jags have a huge game tomorrow with the Titans. And on paper, certainly this, this looks like a game of uh, you know t- two teams going in really opposite directions. Jags have been playing well. Titans have been reeling since they lost uh, Tannehill at quarterback. Also, Allison Posey, working television up in Tallahassee. One of our Gator grads will join us to talk about FSU. Uh, They had their first 10-win season in football since 2016. You know, what's the outlook for them? What does the future look like? We'll talk to her. And then Chuck Dowdle, uh, who is the radio analyst for Georgia men's basketball, will be with us to talk about Mike White's Georgia Bulldogs. Both Georgia teams, ironically, coming here this weekend to play Florida. Uh, the women will play on Sunday, and the women took it on the chin last night, gave up over 100 points and uh, a loss at Arkansas. Uh, what are some other things we can talk about today? Uh, you know what? There's only one guy I know who knows Jim Harbaugh at all. Shane Matthews does because Shane played, you know, in the league with Harbaugh. And, you know, he comes across as kind of a smart aleck. And he's been very coy about, you know, what he's going to do, rumors he's been talking to NFL teams. Well, maybe there's a reason. Because ESPN is reporting that Michigan is under NCAA investigation. And one of the things being reported is that Harbaugh did not cooperate with uh, NCAA investigators. Um, Harbaugh could face individual penalties that include a multi-game suspension. Now, according to the reporting, Michigan hasn't received a notice of allegation from the NCAA, but could in the next few days or few weeks. Um, And this all came about Uh, for alleged violations during the COVID-19 recruiting dead period. So we'll see uh, what happens there. The Bills and the Bengals will not resume their contest. And great news uh, also with uh, DeMar Hamlin breathing on his own now. He's off the breathing tube. That is certainly a uh, really good thing. Uh, so, 
We will take your phone calls, a lot of things to talk about today, hoops, uh, whatever else. And then Monday on the show, uh, we'll get your prognostications on the championship game with TCU and Georgia. 3928255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. I think we have a good show lined up for you with all of our guests and uh, your phone calls, talk little sports, and your emails as well. Uh, BB says, in the NFL, still a long road, but Hamlin appears to be making good progress. Yes, Gator basketball, only thing that would have been more dramatic on than Saturday's men's basketball game against Georgia would have been Dan coaching Georgia's football team when they beat our guys this year, which got me to thinking, with getting fired in the end zone or on the jet tarmac right after a loss being a 10 on the ugly meter, both Dan's and Mike's departures are around a 7. Hope our guys win Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you... It, it's never... Look, look, look what happened to Chris Beard at Texas. I mean, that looked like a really good hire, but because of an off-the-court issue, he's done. And... In today's world, that's going to happen. John will lead us off. Hi, John. Yeah, good afternoon, Steve. Uh, Happy New Year. I haven't talked to you since you came back, so welcome back and enjoying listening to your show. So I've uh, gone in my segment. Uh, I know during college football season, you usually do prognostication Friday. I wanted to give you my NFL uh, top five games this weekend that – that I think are going to be pivotal, and I'm going to give you my picks. All right. Um, first, the Jags and Titans. What a, what a turnaround that Peterson's done. I think he should be considered the, the, the uh, coach of the year in the, in the NFL. So I think the Jags uh, finish it off and, and get that uh, final, you know, division uh, uh, conference championship. So I think that's going to be pretty cool tomorrow. That's on a Saturday. Um, the Bengals and Ravens, as much as both teams have been playing well, the Ravens, if they win that game, they win. They win the the conference, if not or the division. Is not true for that aspect because I think they're a game behind Bengals. If they win it, they win that division. And Lamar Jackson hasn't been playing either, so right. Uh, That'll be a huge game. So I think the Ravens somehow pull it off. Okay. Um, a big boost for Bills, obviously. You know, getting that uh, great news from their their player. You know, actually, you know. You know, video chatting them and, and telling me love them—that's pretty pretty cool. I saw a little bit of that that press conference this morning, so that was pretty cool. I think the Bills win that game. Um, Eagles, um, even though those both—they're not—they're going to be the Giants. I think the Eagles going to have to show me, but I think they end up squeaking that game out. And my final one, because this kind of has a vested interest between you and me, um, I know your Jets are kind of be playing a spoiler, and my Dolphins. I don't think either team been playing pretty well, but I, I think uh, your Jet defense poses a bad problem for Miami, and I think uh, they're going to play spoiler. And I think your Jets win a game like twenty to seventeen on Sunday. That game might be like twelve to nine. You're right because the Jets offensively are just awful, and Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback. White's been ruled out, and they're not playing uh, Wilson, so. And the, and the Dolphins don't have Tua, so that could be a really low-scoring game. We will see. John, I appreciate yeah, I you. 20, Go ahead. Hey, thank you, bud. Talk okay, to you later. Okay, thank you. Uh, Daryl is next. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Steve. Uh, 
tomorrow's basketball game? Is Florida in a must-win situation? Um, you know, must-win, no, because, I mean, you can pick up games down the road. You don't know how you're going to play. But, I mean, you what it does if you lose against A&M and Georgia at home, it then means, Darrell, that you've got to pick up wins someplace on the road to make up for that or upset a better team when they come here. And, and I mean, look, Georgia just played his first conference game, beat Auburn. Florida was competitive with Auburn but didn't beat them. And you know they're going to be jacked uh, for Mike White. So, I mean, must win, no, but important, yes. Okay. I'm going to switch gears to a couple topics with you, if you don't mind. All right. Steve, um, Jaguars are playing good football right now. I hope they win tomorrow night, but I'm not underestimating the Titans because if Derrick Henry gets on a roll, it could be trouble. But, you know, they're banged up, so this is a perfect opportunity for Jacksonville to go ahead and take the AFC South tomorrow night. You know, Dobbs did pretty well uh, considering his lack of playing experience at the NFL level. Um, but I think Derrick Henry's the key to this game, and I think the Jags know it. I mean, they – if he's allowed, you know, to run, if he gets 150, I think Tennessee wins. So I, job one is to stop him, in my opinion, if you're Jacksonville. Okay. Steve, you threw a question out yesterday to us Gator fans, you know, are we pulling for Georgia to, or is the SEC and so on and so yep. on. Steve, um, I can't pull for Georgia. I have too many bad rumors pre-Spurrier year, so, and it's your rival – there's no way in the world I'm pulling for Georgia Monday night. This question to you is, as big a Jets fan you are as Mets fans, Knicks all. Um, is there a team out there you don't never pull for because it's against the Jets or, you know, so on? Your rivals. Um, for example, um, the Jets have been so bad, right? It isn't where I have a, a problem – with, say, New England, right? If, in other words, if Belichick were in the Super Bowl, I'd root for Belichick because I think that just cements, that just continues his legacy as one of the best coaches ever. If, they were, if the Jets were truly competitive, you know, if, if they were year in and year out competitive with the Dolphins or competitive with the Patriots, then maybe I would have a different point of view. But the Jets have been so bad. And as far as the Mets... Again, you know, they're up and down. They've been bad more than good. So if the Braves, for example, are in the World Series, would I pull against them? It would depend who they play. But no, I mean, on the surface of it, I wouldn't be against them. Okay. But can you see our side of the story, you know, us older Gator fans having bad experiences in the old Gator Bowl with Georgia, not pulling for for anything? Yeah. But, I mean, you you either have a conference... Uh, love or you don't, right? In other words, I think some people would say, I can put aside my feelings about Georgia, and I want the SEC to have another national championship. Great for the SEC, you know, regardless of what Georgia did to Florida in the 70s and 80s. But, you know, I, I understand both sides of that. Well, because, you know, if Georgia goes back-to-back, Steve, to, in my opinion, that just makes it even harder to recruit against Georgia, you know, the shape we're in right now. Well, you know, the only direction they have to go is down, if you look at it that way, too. Yeah. 
Hey, thanks a lot, my man. Yep, appreciate you, Daryl. 1214, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Hope we speak next to former Gator coach Lon Kruger, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. The flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN, 98.1 FM, at 850 AM, WRUF. When was the last time you had a burger? No, I mean a real burger, not something you got from a drive-thru. If it's been a while, you need to head to Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. The burgers at Copper Monkey West have been voted best in the area for years. They're legendary. That's not all. USDA choice steaks, ribeye, filet, New York strip, and Philly cheesesteaks, chicken sandwiches, salmon, and more. Their sandwiches are now made with boar's head meat. Copper Monkey West has a full bar featuring many local brews, all served to you by some of the nicest, friendliest folks around. Takeout available, Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. Mmm, it really does taste that good. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Medicare open enrollment is October 15th to December 7th. Volunteers with the Florida Department of Elder Affairs Shine program are available to help with your Medicare questions, virtually or by phone during COVID-19. Shine is open and ready to help you with local and unbiased counseling and assistance. Visit floridashine.org or call the Elder Helpline at 1-800-963-5337. Do you wish you could take half the week off by Wednesday? At Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, you can do just that. Every Tuesday is Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy a handcrafted martini for 50% off. Wednesdays, get half off any bottle of wine up to $75. And if you make it through the whole week, we have the best brunch buffet and bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys in town every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, part restaurant, part museum, all good times in the heart of Gator Nation. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Sunday. Let's go! With the NFC South crown secure. Back-to-back South Division champions for the first time in franchise history. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers head north to Atlanta to face down the Falcons in the regular season finale. Catch the call live. Pre-game at noon. Kickoff at 1. Right here on the Buccaneers Radio Network. How about them Buccaneers? We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. We are your home for Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. Don't forget a lot going on here. This weekend, tonight, the Lightning and the Jets at 7.30. Of course, tomorrow, Gator Basketball, airtime 12.30. And then a couple of NFL games, Chiefs and the Raiders at 4. And, of course, the Titans and the Jags at 8. Sunday, women's basketball, Florida, Georgia. That'll be at 11.45. We'll pick up the Bucks and the Falcons right after that. And then... Lions and Packers, huge game. Uh, Packers win, they're in. Lions win, they need help to get in. And, of course, we will have 
coverage of the national championship game, TCU Georgia, Monday night. That will begin at 6.30. And then Monday, we will get your thoughts on uh, who's going to win the game and why, as we always do. Uh, it's always fun to – oh, he's not there yet? Okay. Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, when Coach Kruger was inducted into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame back in November – we had Lon on, and he's in town here for Florida, Georgia. He's going to be honored uh, at a reception before the game, and I wanted to get him on today to talk about that and specifically his time at Florida. Lon, good to talk to you again. Happy New Year, and thanks again for doing this. Thanks very much. Good, uh, good to talk with you. Brings back some uh, some very good memories. It sure does, Coach. Uh, for for younger fans, Lon, I want to go back and let give them a little history lesson. Uh, go back when when you uh, had interest in this job. What what attracted you to the Florida job at the time? Wow, that goes back a lot of years ago. It was 1990, and uh, you know, I, I think the potential as, as much as anything else. Uh, obviously, uh, it always comes down to people. And uh, as it turned out, uh, after we were here, we were uh, justified in our thinking that uh, there's great people here and. Uh, a lot of potential and um, just a really good experience. Barb and I totally enjoyed our, our six years here, and uh, it went by very quickly. And uh, certainly very pleased to come back, uh, come back for the weekend and and celebrate Spain Dirkelbolton, who's uh, dedicating uh, that track at his new uh, new development and uh, indoor track. And uh, we're looking forward to that as well as the uh, Georgia, you know, Florida Georgia game on Saturday. You've had the. Uh, great fortune, Lon, to coach at a lot of different places and recruit and coach a lot of different athletes. Um, I, I don't want you to say this athlete's better than the other, but you know, as far as the kids you coached at Florida, you know, what what memories do you have of that? Well, all all very good. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, the group that we in, inherited uh, did a, did a really good job. Uh, worked uh, worked hard and developed a little foundation from which uh, that '94 Final Four team kind of benefited from and uh, that group was uh, obviously very special as uh, they uh, worked extremely hard and uh, enjoyed each other and trusted each other and uh, and put together a, a good run after all this time Lon, do you keep in, you mentioned Svein do you keep in touch with a lot of the guys and do, and do those guys keep in touch with each other I, I think those guys keep in touch with each other probably more than you know, from a distance standpoint the fact that uh, you know, during the reunions in the past, uh, we were always in season and, and not able to attend. But uh, look forward to seeing uh, hopefully uh, a few of them this uh, this weekend. Uh, so in, in Kansas City last month, uh, you know, Craig Brown and Dan Cross, uh, you know, uh, was you know, as former players were, were there and very much appreciated, uh, you know, uh, that you know the opportunity to see them and uh, relive those memories. I think I asked you this. Um, but for those who maybe didn't hear, you know, sometimes it's difficult for coaches to walk away because they've done, they've coached all their lives. Uh, so I'll ask this again for those who didn't hear, you know, how difficult was it? Was it an easy decision for you to make the decision that you did to leave? I don't know necessarily easy. I think the timing was right. Uh, I, I, we knew, uh, when, uh, you know, our daughter Angie's, uh, firstborn um, you know Avery 10 years ago we knew the grandkids would be the reason we retired and uh, and that certainly was the case Angie's got uh, 
three kids, and our son Kevin's got two, and so we got five grandkids, and uh, we knew they, you know, we were missing, you know, too much of their activities, and uh, then it kind of coincided too with Kevin, our son, getting the head job at UNLV, and uh, when that happened, uh, we just uh, knew uh, everything aligned and the timing was right, and uh, and we did had coached for 45 years, and uh, that was a good good stretch, and like yeah. you say, been very fortunate to have a you know be surrounded by just terrific people and terrific players and and a lot of friends and a lot of different stops along the way i don't know how philosophical you might get lon when you first started coaching the game of basketball and what you see in the game now at the college level how much if at all do you think the game has changed in in those you know 45 years that you coached <laughs> well in fact we just uh, just talked with ron and cindy marks about that uh, a few minutes ago uh it, it's just a different game today i mean uh, anyone that's uh wants it to be the old collegial model you know and the amateurism you know uh you know you almost have to say okay that was in the past and now we've got a new uh more of a more of a pay for play you know uh, nil you know transfer portal is uh totally different uh you know uh from what it was you know five years ago let alone 10 20 30 years ago our guest, Lon Kruger, former Gator men's basketball coach. He's going to be honored here with a reception as he was recently named into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame. Speaking of Kevin, uh, for those of us who could remember him as a young kid, you know, hanging around the team, being on the bench, when did you get an idea he might be a coach? I don't know that um, it was ever a moment. Uh, he always, He always – was around it you know he always we talked a lot of basketball he as a point guard on the floor he thought as much as uh players do uh you know from a coaching perspective even as he played it so uh he played uh six or seven years uh you know g league overseas uh after college but even i think during that time he probably knew that he wanted to wanted to get back into coaching when he, when the playing days ended and uh i think uh, as i felt uh you know coaching was kind of Next to playing was was the next best thing. So uh, I think he uh, he loved it, and uh, he loved working with the young guys, and uh, it's off to a good start there at, uh, at UNLV. Uh, last two things for you, Lon. Um, I, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, when you're honored here uh, in the Champions Club and seeing old friends. Uh, and you talked about you know how how, how nice your time was here. Um, as you look back over your career i'm sure everybody would say i would change this or i would change that but you you've always seemed to me pretty content with your career what you did how you did things is that an accurate statement oh, i think 100 percent um i can't imagine uh you know we were, we were blessed in so many ways yeah when you think about you know the the quality of players we had the the, the staff the relationships we had and still have with uh, our, our former coaches, uh, you know, just uh, every stop was uh, ex- extremely, you know, positive and uh, and very much enjoyable, and uh, it's fun to, to to revisit a lot of the people from those stops. And, and again, you know, um, it probably uh, maybe partly because of the age of the kids. Kevin was a second grader, I believe. Uh, Angie was like a fifth grader when we moved to Gainesville. You meet so many people through the activities of your kids. And we did that in Gainesville. And uh, I know uh, if anyone was asked, Barb and I would agree with her that, you know, our favorite stop along the way uh, 
you know, I can't imagine any of them being better than what uh, those six years in Gainesville were. Final thing, you, you kind of touched on this, Lon, about you know, how the game is different now with NIL and all of that. Um, the game itself, I mean, I, I don't know, you know I, that I could have envisioned you know, 6'11 guys shooting threes and that sort of thing, right? So do you think the game has changed in that way as well? It has. Uh, I think kids specialize much more today. They're, they're playing more basketball. Uh, whether or not that's good or bad uh, remains for argument. But, uh, you know, I like the idea of kids playing different sports and experiencing different, uh, different relationships on, on different teams. But, uh, but uh, they're, just, they're, they're more athletic today. There are more good players on each team. And, and the players on those teams, like you say, are much more versatile in terms of being able to stretch the floor and, and big guys shooting threes. And, uh, you know, there's not many low post players in the game today. Uh, you know, much more, much more spacing the floor and, and uh, driving and kicking and, and, and making plays. And analytically, it, it just makes sense to just lay up for threes. And a lot of people believe that, and, and it has proved out to be uh, pretty accurate. Well, again, Coach inducted into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame back in November. He'll be in town uh, for Florida, Georgia on Saturday, honoring him at a reception here. Lon, richly deserved. I always appreciate you doing this and coming on over the years. Thank you for doing that, and enjoy your time back here. Thanks, Steve. Bring back a lot of good memories. Appreciate it. Sure does, man. Thank you, Lon. One of the classiest guys in the, in sports. Uh, he's, he's always, when he was here, uh, always cordial. Uh, always did interviews and uh, did a nice job here at Florida. Lon Kruger, 1227. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Allison Posey is going to join us next from Tallahassee to talk FSU football, their recruiting, where she sees the program headed under Mike Norvell. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Dave Ray's Automotive, we get the bugs out of your car. Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Are you busy with work, family, and after-school activities? Give your kitchen the night off and let Miapa do the cooking for you. With scrumptious comfort food and a variety of family meals for all sizes and palates, everyone is picking up dinner from Miapa. Stop by the Jonesville location or the Alachua and Gainesville Staples. Order ahead at www.miapalatincafe.com and pick up from any one of their three locations or drive through for your meal at the Jonesville and Gainesville locations. Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the best family meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about their award-winning coffee that's always made with Cuban love and available from sunrise to late night. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Sunny skies and cooler temperatures are going to wrap up the work week for us. Highs today in the mid-60s with winds from the north. Tonight, mostly clear. Lows getting a little colder by tomorrow morning. Most spots should be in the upper 30s. Tomorrow afternoon, lots of sunshine again. Highs in the upper 60s and lower 70s. By Sunday, increasing cloudiness and a little warmer. Highs in the low to mid-70s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, do you want to go to the Colts? Do you want to go to the Broncos? Do you want any of those jobs? Like, I wondered about Jeff Saturday. If you're Jeff Saturday, do you go, yeah, I want to continue coaching here? Or do you go, uh, nope, just interim. That's it. Just passing through. I did Mr. Ursay a solid. He's done a terrible job. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hope you enjoyed our talk with Lon Kruger. Again, he'll be honored here uh, tomorrow before Florida plays former Gator coach. How about that? Two former Gator coaches in the house with Mike White and Lon Kruger. Interesting uh, when they play tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we're always proud to bring on uh, our alums to the program. Uh, Allison Posey, one of them, sports director for ABC 27 up in Tallahassee. And I, I love history. She's the first female sports director for an over-the-air channel in the state of Florida. Very proud of her for that. She's going to talk a little FSU football with us now. Allison Posey, how are you, girl? I'm good. Thank you, Steve. Yep, glad to have you. Um, okay, first 10-win season for FSU since 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. If there was any heat on Norvell, obviously that, that's off now. Is this, in your mind, Allison, a one-off year, or do you think this is the start of you know, some consistency in that, in, in that type of win situation? I do think it's a start of consistency, and I have to poke a little fun at myself because I remember you had me on before the season started, and I, I you have to dig it up, but I believe I said six or seven wins in the standings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I, but I think that was the general consensus. Yes. You know, when you get a new coach, Norvell also came in in the COVID year, and I've said that from the beginning. It, it really wasn't his first year until his second year. It was a crappy year. They had two or three games canceled because of COVID. 
Um, so that second year was really his first year, and every year they've gotten, if not consistently better on the field, he's brought in guys that have helped position groups get better. Mackenzie Milton at quarterback, Jermaine Johnson on the defense, and those were portal guys. And Norvell's been heavy with the portal, and it's paid off. And not even so much the results on the field, Steve, it's the mindset with this team. These guys, he, he kind of got rid of some, some problem guys when he first got in, kind of weeded out what he needed to, and now he has guys that have bought into his way of thinking, his game plan, his system, and now you're seeing the results on the field. It takes time, and, and now we're starting to see kind of the product of all that work behind the scenes. Gator fans, are you listening to that? Yes. Uh, I believe she said <laughs> it takes time. I believe yes. she said he had to weed out some different people. Yeah, okay. Um, we've had this conversation <laughs> more anywhere. than... Yeah. Applicable anywhere. Yeah, that, that conversation's been had here more than once, girl. I can tell you that. But, I, but I understand. Um, all right, let's take a look at recruiting high school versus portal. And I think, you know, in this day and age, you have to have a little of both. In your judgment... I don't want to use the word better, but I can't think of one, Allison. Has he done a little better job in the portal than in high school recruiting, or do you think it's about even? I think in past years he's done better with the portal because he needed to. He understood because this is – and you could go on and on and on and talk about the portal, Stephen. You know that, and you've had conversations with people about it. You have – the benefit of the portal is that you get a guy in who's not 18 – who understands what it takes to win at the collegiate level, and, and they know the system and they know what it takes. They're not new. They're not coming from high school. So in the past, when he's been trying to build this program and build that winning mindset, it's benefited him to recruit in the portal. This year, though, he got a lot of good high school kids. I mean, you look at somebody like Hakeem Williams. I mean, he is a top receiver. I mean, he's a five-star guy, according to some sites. So... He, he was a big, big get for Florida State. I mean, you flipped a couple guys, too. Brock Glenn at quarterback. I mean, he was with Ohio State. You had a Penn State commit that flipped. So he had a really, really good high school class this year, but he also signed uh, a good group of guys from the portal, too, with position groups he needed. Um, and that's what Norvell's done really well, is that guys where he's, he's needed help at certain position groups, that's where he's hit the portal, and he's gotten those experienced guys in versus those high school kids in. It's obvious what Travis has done to solidify the quarterback position, but I think uh, without seeing him every day or every week as you do, the offensive line not too long ago was an absolute disaster area. It was awful. (laughs) That seems to be – is that the biggest area of improvement on the team? 100%, and I think anybody that you talk to would say that. Um, Since really that 13 national championship, this offensive line has struggled. I mean, that has been their Achilles heel – I mean, there was DeAndre Francois, I'd have to go back, I think it was 32 times he was sacked uh, the year before he got hurt, so that would have been 16. Um, I mean, that's insane to to have that much pressure on your quarterback. Um, I mean, just a a group that just wouldn't open the run game, didn't block for the quarterback. I mean, the, the offensive line, that's how your offense goes, and the offense couldn't go because they weren't any good. But he's hit the portal, he got some guys in, to bolster that offensive line, and now they have that experience, and the younger guys have had some time to develop when before they were kind of thrown in, and now that group is not a group that we're like, 
oh, God, it's going to be the problem again. They're a group that we're starting to feel a little confident with, which has been a very nice change of pace here in Tallahassee. Allison, I don't want to <clears throat> throw Jimbo Fisher under the bus here, but let me take a little long to do this, but you'll, you'll get my point. I've been told by different people in Tallahassee that, yes, Jimbo Fisher won a national championship, but at the end, mm-hmm. you know, the inmates were running the asylum, so to speak. It was really yeah. bad that – Kids were doing what they wanted to do. There was no discipline. And you can go and blame it on Willie Taggart if you want. But is it a fair statement to say that FSU's decline started at the end of the Fisher tenure? 100% you could say that. Um, Jimbo left this. I don't think a lot of people realize how dangerously close Florida State was in getting trouble with APR sanctions. It was that close. Guys weren't going to class. They weren't making the grade. So a lot of people put the blame on Willie Taggart, and there were a lot of things that Willie Taggart didn't do right. But when he came to Florida State, he had to get guys right academically, or they wouldn't have had a, had a season. I mean, that's how close they wow. were to getting sanctioned by the NCAA. Um, he and he had you talk about cancers on the team. There were a lot of there was a lot of entitlement issues, I, and if you want to. You know, Florida and Florida State fans don't like to compare each other's programs. There were a lot of issues with Urban last well, because I was at Florida when that happened. I mean, you remember, Steve. I mean, there were a lot of locker room issues yep. when, when Urban left. Yep. And it was the same way when Jimbo left. There was a high sense of entitlement. There were guys that, oh, I'm at Florida State. We're just going to win. And that's not how it works. So when Willie got here, he had to get them right academically. He had to kind of clear out the problems. He started to do it. He wasn't even here a, really a full year and a half. So when Norvell took it over, he had to finish cleaning up what Willie started. And a lot of people want to blame Willie for, for the downfall. It started under Jimbo. Absolutely. And, and Willie started to clean it up. Norvell finished it. And now we're starting to see that trajectory finally moving forward. Allison Posey, our guest sports director at ABC 27 in Tallahassee. That's my my final question for you, Allison. I mean, obviously getting Travis back at quarterback is huge for this team. Um, As you look ahead now, I haven't seen their schedule for next year, but, you know, they finished nationally ranked. Is this a team now that you think can make some noise nationally and within the ACC? 100%. 100%. If they stay healthy, and that's that's the key with any football team. I mean, we could talk about next season right now, but they want to spring practice or they want to fall camp. Travis could tear his ACL, you know, knock on wood somewhere. Sure. But yep. you just don't know. You have to stay healthy. But with, with Jordan coming back and leading that offense, I mean, his efficiency rating was one of the best in the country this year. Um, him having that experience at quarterback, having an experience offensive line, Having a lot of the defense come back, you know, Jamie Robinson did leave, but they went and got, and that's the thing, I talk about the transfer portal. He went and got somebody from Virginia, to another defensive back. So, you, Fabian Lovett's coming back on defense. That's huge. They do lose Treshawn Ward, who was at running back, but Trey Benson's coming back. So, uh, Lawrence Tofili's coming back. We're still waiting to hear from Jared Verse, so unless he's announced in the last 10 minutes. Uh, he did do a little teaser this morning. That's That'll be a big loss on defense if Jared Verse does leave. But uh, we're still winning on him. But all the pieces are there. I mean, and, and the guys that are leaving, Hakeem's going to be a guy that I think you'll see play receiver next year as a true freshman. I mean, he's that good. He's that talented. Tight ends. 
They got a kid from South Carolina, Jaheim Bell. I know Florida fans know who yep. he is. Uh, he's tra- he transferred into Florida State. Uh, they picked up another uh, tight end from Shorter, a Division II school, that's really good as well. So they, he has the pieces to fill in the holes that have left. If they can stay healthy, and you go back and you look at their losses this year, they should have beat NC State. They played not well against Wake. Clemson could have gone either way. That's two more wins right there that they should have had, maybe three. So Florida State is on – I really do believe that next year they could be a contender for the ACC, and if they stay healthy and if they close out games and play a full full quarters, which they didn't do a lot this year. They didn't do it against Oklahoma either. They've got to play a full full quarters. If they can do that, I do think they can be a national contention. Great stuff. That's why I had Allison here to tell you about – what they've done in recruiting, and a quick peek ahead to next year. Always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Steve. Always love being on. Okay, thanks, Allison. She's she's as nice a person, as knowledgeable as she is about what she does. And uh, she's uh, born in Tallahassee, raised here. Uh, a softball player, too, Allison Posey. 12.43, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Our guest parade continues, Mike DiRocco, Covers the Jags for ESPN, ESPN.com. He joins us next, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. When Daphne and I got married, and I've had so many problems with my teeth over the years, she just guided me right in here, and and, uh, they are truly wonderful. There was absolutely no one else to go to but Exceptional Dentistry for him. No one else. Since I had had my teeth worked on in so many different places in the world and so many things done, I had about two-thirds of my teeth were bad. Plus, I had a couple plates, so he removed all my teeth and put in implants. So, brand new again. This is this is more like having my teeth back again. It, life is pretty normal. They're the best. That's it. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Raise a glass to good times at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Every Tuesday, we raise martini glasses for our Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy 50% off select handcrafted martinis. On Wine Wednesday, we toast with 50% off on bottles of wine up to $75. And, of course, don't forget to celebrate the weekend with an incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Brunch Buffet with bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys at the hottest restaurant in Florida in the heart of Gator Nation, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Need quality health insurance for your family? Getting it is easy with a little help from Navigator. If you don't have insurance through your employer, a Navigator can help you find a plan that works for you. Don't wait. You only have until January 15th to enroll. Navigator services are completely free, and there's no obligation. Just dial pound 250 on your mobile phone and say the keyword Navigator. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from iHeartMedia. That's pound 250 Navigator. Gator. Gators Gymnastics returns to Exact Tech Arena. This 2023 team features the return of some recognizable faces, as well as an exciting group of new Gators. With just five meets at home this season, you won't want to miss a moment of the action. For the full schedule and information on all the matchups this season, 
Follow at Gators G-Y-M on social now. And lock in your seats to see every stuck landing and perfect 10 live in person. Visit FloridaGators.com slash tickets today. Go Gators! From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM at 850 AM, WRUF. Patrick says that he doesn't, there's no way he's pulling for Georgia, uh, wants them to lose and stop recruiting five stars, and he says any chance with uh, Cormani. Well, he, remember, he skipped his uh, National Signing Day deal, and I think he announces the 15th. Uh, I mean, he has still publicly said Miami, uh, but you know, until he actually makes it official, I guess anything is possible. Did anybody think possible? What a segue! The Jacksonville Jaguars would be playing for a division championship when this season started. Well, they are, as they take on Tennessee tomorrow. Mike DiRocco covers the Jags for ESPN, ESPN.com. DRock, I don't think. Even the most ardent Jacksonville fan thought this would happen, but here we are. Uh, Jacksonville must be buzzing pretty good now. Yeah, it, it really has been. And, and I don't think those fans even thought that this was possible when November started, <laughs> right. to be honest with you. I mean, they were 3-7 and seven at that point um, and, and you know, had lost five in a row in October. So, um, But, yeah, the city is, is – it reminds me of the 2017 playoffs. Um, in 2017 season, the city's sort of captured by this. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a teal out tomorrow night, and they're painting the end zones teal. And, you know, the Jags actually had a poll, uh, a Twitter poll, to let the fans choose their, uh, you know, their uniform combination for the game, and game sold out. So, yeah, the, the, the mayor proclaimed today teal day or whatever it is and asking everyone to wear teal today. So, yeah, the place is going crazy, and uh, – it's fun for a change around here. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 sounds really cool and glad that you know the city is you know making this you know something to to look forward to as a fan too. Um, you mentioned that losing streak. What's caused the turnaround, Iraq? Um, the biggest thing, honestly, is the play of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, he threw two picks in that game against uh, the Broncos, their last game in London. Uh, last game of the month in October, and one was in the end zone. It was on a sprint out right. It was a the same kind of play through a pick uh, against Houston earlier in the year. It was awful. And then they're trying to drive at the end. They get the ball back, and they got a chance to go on a two-minute drive, maybe take the lead, win the game, and he throws a really bad pick on the first play. And he's sitting in the locker room after the game, and he, he's like, this is ridiculous. I, I, I don't want to feel like this anymore. We, we're better than this. I'm better than this. I need to start playing like the player I know I am. Um, and then it's almost literally like he flipped the switch. And since November started, he's second in the league in passer rating. He leads the league in um, completion percentage. And he's thrown for 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, two picks. Um, you know, and they, they've won four in a row now heading into uh, this week. If they win this game, they'll just be, I think, the fifth team uh, in NFL history to have uh, losing streaks of five or more games and winning streaks of five or more games to make the playoffs in Jeez. NFL history. 
Wow, that's pretty bizarre. Um, I think it's maybe an oversimplification, but you know, they, isn't job one stop Derrick Henry defensively? I mean, is is it too simple to say that? No, because I mean, look, that that's what they're going to win the game by. I mean, you know, the the, the Derrick Henry is is the offense there. Um, you know, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver, has got a groin injury. Um, you know, they don't have Ryan Tannehill. It's Josh Dobbs, um, former Tennessee quarterback. But uh, yeah, that 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 offense is going to run through Derrick Henry. Now, the thing you have to be obviously concerned about is you don't overcompensate and devote everything towards uh, stopping Derrick Henry because Dobbs is certainly better than Malik Willis, and he'll give you a chance to make some plays down the field um, if you're not careful. And I think that's the one thing the Jags are really concerned about is overthinking uh, or over, um, you know, selling on stopping Derrick Henry and getting beat by, you know, some trick plays, a flea flicker, you know, what having an end around, you know, halfback pass, that kind of thing. Um, so they've got to be really careful about that. But, yeah, if they don't stop Derrick Henry, they don't win the game. Mike DeRocker, our guest here, covers the Jags for ESPN, ESPN.com. DeRocker, if people don't follow the NFL religiously, it's obvious if the Jags win – they win the division, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they still have a chance, right? Yes, they need um, they need the Dolphins to lose, they need the Patriots to lose, and they need the Steelers to lose oh boy. if they lose. Um, yeah, and, and um, you know, the Bills are playing, uh, the Patriots are playing the Bills, so that one's probably going to happen. Um, you know, you need the Steelers, I think, to lose to the Browns. And then the Dolphins with Skylar uh, Skylar Thompson, I guess. Or, yeah. Uh, I don't even know. No, yep. He's playing instead of Tua, so they're playing the Jets. Yeah, but they're playing Joe Flacco, so yeah. They are playing Flacco, so it's unlikely to happen. So they just their best chance, obviously, in the best path, easiest path, just go ahead and win the game, win the division, and get yourself a home playoff game next week. Final question for you: Regardless of the outcome here, I mean, let, let, let's use the worst case scenario when they lose. This is still a successful first season. And we saw in 2017 what happened when they quickly went south after that. Is this organization now with this coaching staff and ownership, is it built better for the longer haul to succeed? Yeah, because they've got the quarterback. Um, And, you know, that's everything in the NFL. I mean, we all know that. Um, they've got the quarterback. And, and, look, there are not very many teams that have coaches that have won Super Bowls, and the Jags have one in Doug Peterson. The fact that, that he didn't, he wasn't the most sought-after coach um, in the hiring cycle last year um, is surprising to me because how often do you get a chance to hire a guy that has won a Super Bowl? Yeah. It's not easy to win a Super Bowl. You, you look at the, the list of coaches that have won Super Bowls, there's no dummies there. Um, you know what I mean? So – um, they're in much, much, much better shape. Um, and and this league is off. You know, in this day and age, it's the quarterback, it's scoring points, it's you know, it's great to have a good defense, but you got to score points. You got to have a quarterback. You got to throw the ball, move the ball, and and they have that with with Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Uh, and oh, by the way, adding Calvin Ridley next year. So yeah, they're built. Certainly, they're much, much better built. Um, for sustained success this time than they were in 2017 when it all really revolved around that defense. And, um, you know, that wasn't a great locker room, and it all kind of fell apart uh, once some injuries hit, and uh, it got ugly quick. 
Well, uh, hopefully the city will enjoy this. You'll enjoy this, having fun going to cover it. So I appreciate your time, and let's see how the Jags do tomorrow night. Thanks, man. Awesome, Steve. Thanks for having me, bud. You got it, D-Rock. Thank you. Uh, really good guy. Mike DeRocco covering the Jags, ESPN, ESPN.com. Let me get to some emails. Uh, John says, as an engineer, I have a statistical mind. John, you're better than me. That's why I chose broadcasting because my mind doesn't work like that. He, just, he said, I decided how to figure out how TCU made it to the championship game. They have, they, they've had a one five-star, 17 four-stars signed with them since 2019. Georgia's had 18 or more each of the last four classes except 21, and they only had 15. Georgia has 15 five-stars and 58 four-stars since 19. Thus, when you look at recruiting, TCU has no business being in the game, much less the Final Four. However, there is a very important fact which is missing. TCU has 21 of their 23 as juniors and seniors. Georgia has 11, five seniors and six juniors. Georgia has 12 underclassmen starting. TCU has two. Could that be a reason? A 23-year-old three-star may be as good or better than a 19-year-old five-star. John, there you bring up a good point, and I love the uh, the analytics there. It's hard to quantify that, but to answer your direct question, uh, could that be the reason? Yes, yes. Just because you were a three-star out of high school doesn't mean you haven't developed into a five-star at the end of your career. And conversely, if you were a five-star coming out of high school and you really didn't perform to that level, well, then you're not a five-star, right? So that's why I'm not saying, I'm going to say this for the 500th time since I've done this show, would you rather have a five-star over a three-star, all things being equal? Of course you would. But does it mean, does it guarantee success? The answer no, it's development. It's how well do they fit in the system. And hell, nowadays, it also depends on how long they stay at the school. I mean, now with the portal, out. So, but great thing, John. Thank you. Uh, Mike has a thought about uh, Gator men's basketball. Golden into the first of the year, said he wanted to be near the top in possessions per game. For the first five or six games, we pushed the pace. We scored in transition. A fun product to watch. And he pulled a Mike White, went to walking the ball up the court, a lot of dribbling and scoring in the 50s. Against A&M, we scored 23 points at the half. In the second half, back to pushing the ball, scoring in transition for 40 points in the second half, almost won the game. College basketball scoring in the 50s is a miserable style of basketball to watch. Let the players play and stop yelling at them the whole time, telling them what to do. It takes the creativity out of the game. Mike, I'm, you know, look, I've said this a thousand times too. If you want entertainment, go to a movie. Plenty of them. Good television show, right? Read a book. Coaching is about winning a game. It's not about pleasing a fan. It isn't. Your job is to win a game. So if your job, if, you, if your team has to employ a style that's deliberate 
and you win the game, I'm okay with that. I mean, do I get your point? Sure. All things considered. But what if you what if you go and lose 90 to 88? I mean, Florida lost a game in the 50s, I think, at Auburn, right? So if Florida goes to Auburn and loses 90 to 87, wow, that was a really exciting game. It was, you still lost. You lost. The object is to win. And that, you know, I know what coaches say, I'd rather do this, but this is not a team he inherited. I mean, I'm sorry, this is not a team he constructed, he inherited this. So that is part of the issue here. Uh, Now, starting next hour, our final interview of the day, we're going to talk Georgia basketball, what Mike White has done for at least early on a resurgent Georgia team that is 11-3, 1-0 in the SEC, and they did beat a common opponent. Florida lost, albeit on the road, to Auburn. Georgia at home beat Auburn and, and punked them. I mean, they, they pulled away late, but they won. So we'll talk to Chuck Dowdle. And by the way, uh, just uh, for the game, uh, the Gators now um, – are going to try to extend a six-game winning streak against Georgia. So they've had some success. We'll see if that continues. Hour two coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. Come back and join us for hour two. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. You don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain. People with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics are the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring damaged tissue so you can move again with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain? If you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury, don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Well, you did it. You're an adult now. And you know you're an adult because this is a commercial about saving money on your credit card balances, and that probably got you a little excited. Radiant Credit Union's Visa credit card has a super low introductory rate and no balance transfer fee. So now you can transfer your balances to Radiant, pay less interest, and clear that debt off faster. Pretty wild stuff, huh? Just wait until you start comparing fiber supplements. 
Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash balance to apply today and let us help you define your financial future. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Friday. Jose is producing the show. He's been busy. Got some good guests. One more coming up. You'll hear from Georgia's basketball radio analyst, Chuck Dowdle. Been doing that uh, for a long time. Did football as well uh, for a long time. Uh, And he'll tell you what his thoughts are on this Mike White-coached Georgia team. And, uh, again, kind of ironic that both the men and women will play Georgia this weekend. Uh, Tampa Mike says, wasn't Keontae Johnson's issue similar to Hamlin's in the concern over life and death? Did I recall UF finished the game? You recall if UF got hammered on social media for playing? No, because remember, that game was in Tallahassee. It was not here. So that was a joint decision that was made uh, by the coaches at the time. He finds it ironic that college kids decided to continue. Well, I mean, the kids, I think, were consulted in that. But, again, and he says pro athletes couldn't continue. Uh, I think when Zook was coach, a player died after a fall practice. Not as much commotion then as now about not practicing or playing. Why the difference? Well, I think the difference is when it was here, uh, if I can remember the Zook, I mean, it, it's not national. You know, that was a national television broadcast. You're you're talking about, you know, a pro league. Not that the college doesn't have an image, but pro leagues certainly have an image to uphold. And he also says Georgia's basketball game is Coach Golden's first psychological step with Gator fans winning them over or getting them on their bad side. Can't lose to Mike White and Georgia. Well, that brings us to a good segue to bring in Chuck Dottle to talk about this Georgia basketball team. Chuck, how you feeling? How are you? I'm doing good, uh, Steve. Thanks for asking. I, I'm not on the trip because I had tested positive. I've had no symptoms, but, uh, you know, with the abundance of caution you want to take when you're getting on a charter with a bunch of young kids uh, heading out to play, <clears throat> you know, an SEC basketball game, you want to make sure, uh, you know, that you're not going to make somebody sick. No, No doubt. All right, let's talk about this team. First of all, we all know in this day and age, Chuck, kids come in, kids come out, transfer portal-wise. With your eyes, from a talent standpoint a year ago to a talent standpoint now, is this Georgia team more talented in your view? Uh, unquestionably. Uh, Mike did a much better job of, uh, of working the transfer portal uh, to help – uh, bring the dogs some defensive talent uh, as well as some pretty steady play at the guard position, which we needed. Now, look, uh, we've been pretty good uh, big inside, uh, but now he's even added to that with uh, M.A. Moncrief as well as Frank uh, Salem, who he got uh, out of uh, Syracuse. Uh, Moncrief he got out of Oklahoma State. And uh, and then he and then he added to that uh, Braylon Bridges, who we already had, and is probably one of our key weapons uh, as a big man in the middle. So uh, he he has helped in places that we didn't need it, 
and but really helped in places where we did. Uh, when you look at this matchup, I mean, obviously, you know, Coach White coming back here, that's going to be a factor. It will be with fans, certainly. Uh, do the kids understand that? I mean, is that something they'll be geeked up, you think, for as well? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not so sure that to the kids it's that big a deal. Uh, they're looking at it as a chance to win another game. Let me tell you where we are as a basketball program, just so uh, Florida fans fully understand the appreciation we have uh, of their, um, uh, shall we say, um, attitude towards allowing Mike White to leave. Uh, we've, uh, we are 118 years, 118 years of Georgia basketball. This season marks only the fourth time that Georgia has won as many as 10 games before the calendar flipped. Now think about that. This is only the fourth team to win 10 games before January 1st in 118 years of college basketball. And then you look at a guy like Mike White, who was at Florida for seven years, uh, of which one year was a a wash because of COVID. So six years where they had postseason tournament play. He was involved in postseason tournament play all six years, two of them at the NIT, four of them with the NCAA. We never go to the NCAA, uh, and it's been so long since we've been to the NIT, I can't even remember that. Uh, so, look, if he can come in and perform that kind of work with Georgia's program, uh, they'll be building statues for Mike White here. <laughs> he, he is he – is there is no doubt his track record, you look at it and you go, okay, had he not – had he followed anybody other than Billy Donovan – would Florida be looking at him the same? Uh, look, I get it. You, you're coming in after Billy Donovan, and it's the guy that follows the dictator that always gets assassinated. And and I, I think that was what Mike White was uh, was guilty of here, was he had the bad misfortune of following one of the best college basketball coaches in history. You know, when you look at uh, the numbers, Chuck, what stuck out to me, I mean, there's been some people who've missed time you know, Ingram's missed time, Lindsey's missed time. But all the players, that, at least uh, if I'm wrong, correct me, but they're averaging double-figure minutes. I mean, he's playing a lot of people even at this juncture, isn't he? He is. He's, uh, and we, we've talked about it multiple times with him. He's, he's, you know, it's a, both a blessing and a curse for a college basketball coach. And I'll tell you why. Uh, is that the depth of his bench, he's got – he, he doesn't have superstars. He's just got a bunch of guys that are all really good. And so whereas most college coaches like to work it down to, you know, eight or nine guys in a rotation that they, they start to feel comfortable with, um, he doesn't have that luxury because he's constantly thinking, boy, I'd like to get that guy on the floor, but then wait a minute, what happens, you know, if I do that, then what does that do to this guy? And, and it works. It just complicates the thought process during the course of a basketball game. A basketball game is played on the fly. It's not played with you know timeout between uh, called called football plays or pitches in a baseball game. Uh, it's you know coaches have to make decisions quickly about substitutions, and when that when those decisions get complicated because you're thinking about well if I put him in, what does that do to this guy or how does that affect the other guy on the bench or, or the way the team's playing? 
you know, it just it just makes coaching that much harder. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that he wants to get in the game a lot of minutes, and it's hard to do. There are only 40 minutes in the game, only five guys on the floor at a time. Chuck Dattle, our guest, radio analyst for uh, Georgia men's basketball. You know, one of the criticisms of Mike White here was that, you know, offense was too slow, pace was too slow, didn't score a lot of points. <clears throat> well, Georgia has scored at least 72 points in its last five games. So from an all, and I got to watch, I've gotten to watch Georgia twice, Auburn the other night a little bit in, in one, of, one of the other games. Offensively, Chuck, what do you see with this team? Offensively, what I see is a team that's still trying to get its footing because these guys uh, have had so much uh, roster shakeup during the off, off season, but they have found uh, guys that they can depend on to score in certain situations. If he's looking to score from the outside, he's going to bring in Jabria Abdur-Rahim off the bench, a three-point shooter. He's going to bring in, uh, you mentioned Jalen Ingram, who the other night did not uh, particularly shoot the ball well against uh, against Auburn, but yet is a good three-point shooter. Uh, he's going to uh, uh, put uh, Justin Hill at point guard, a much better three-point shooter than uh, Trey Roberts, who is our starting point guard and who really uh, runs that team very efficiently and very well. So there, uh, Terry Roberts, I said Trey, I meant Terry. And, and there, there are a lot of things that, are, that will happen, uh, you know, as, as far as what Mike White does, depending on what he's looking to do. They still, no matter what, they want to look first to go inside to Braylon Bridges. Uh, he led the SEC in field goal percentage last year. He's 6'11". He's, uh, as we used to say, amphibious. He can shoot with, with either hand. Uh, but he, and So he's, he's tough to guard inside. Now, you've got a tough defensive player inside. Had an even tougher one last year, uh, you know, because I thought he played really well last year. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, Castleton is a, is a terrific defensive player inside, and I think he'll make it tough. Uh, on Braylon, but Braylon is where we want to go first and foremost. Final question for you. If Georgia wins here, and I think Florida's won six in a row against Georgia, what's Georgia have have to do? Well, first off, we've got to improve our rebounding a little bit. We've been doing that extremely well up until the last few games, and we've been out-rebounded. Still managed to win them, but uh, been out-rebounded. Right now, let me mention to you, uh, we are within two points, actually three. We lost by two at Georgia Tech. If we come up with three more points in that game, which we should have done, uh, we're on an eight-game winning streak right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're playing well, but there are some things that we're still not doing well. Uh, rebounding is, is spotty uh, lately. And then the other thing that's been a little bit of a problem have been turnovers, although against Auburn, much, much better. Uh, we only had 11 turnovers against the Tigers. So if we manage turnovers, don't give Florida extra possessions. And, of course, that also means uh, defensive rebounding, not giving Florida extra possessions, and continue to get the good, solid play out of our bench. Uh, I think we got a chance in Gainesville. And there are not many times that we go to Gainesville thinking we got a chance. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> well, I mean, let me put this this way. It's out of football season. Yeah. Ooh, ooh boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, Chuck, I hope you stay well. And uh, Thanks, Steve. Uh, Gator fans, are, I, I can hear what they're saying right now. You know that. Uh, but I always <laughs> okay. appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing it. Uh, all right, buddy. Go dog. All right. Thanks, Chuck.
Uh, Chuck Dottle, uh, the radio analyst for Georgia men's basketball. Yeah, turnovers have been an issue. You know, Roberts has uh, – you you like to have a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. He's got 55 assists and 36 turnovers. And as good as Bridges is inside – I mean, a lot of inside guys turn the ball over. But uh, he has a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio in the wrong direction. He's got – more he's got 27 turnovers i think 13 assists but this is a better georgia team that came and played mike white last year there's no question 114 time check brought to you by hayes jillery we'll open the phone lines up for you emails as well espn 98.1 fm 850 a.m wruf this is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Do you wish you could take... The Road Heber Boys Ranch in Palatka is a place I've talked about for a while. And folks, they do a lot of good work helping at-risk young boys. To do it, they have to rely on you. If you have an unused or unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, just about any kind of vehicle, please consider donating it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. They learn real life skills there because not only do they get the vehicles, they fix them up and they then resell them. Your donations are tax deductible and they really help a really great cause. To find out more about what Road Heaver Boys Ranch does and how you can help you can Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. Half the week off by Wednesday. At Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, you can do just that. Every Tuesday is Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy a handcrafted martini for 50% off. Wednesdays, get half off any bottle of wine up to $75. And if you make it through the whole week, we have the best brunch buffet and bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys in town every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, part restaurant, part museum. All good times in the heart of Gator Nation. The holidays are a great time to be reunited with friends and family. But as you travel this holiday season, be sure your car is road ready. Tires are your car's first defense on the road. Checking your tire pressure before your trip can help ensure you get to your destination safely. With proper care and maintenance, they'll keep you safely motoring along Florida's highways. For more holiday travel tips, visit FLHSMV.gov. Remember, safety is always in season. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. When was the last time you had a burger? No, I mean a real burger, not something you got from a drive-thru. If it's been a while, you need to head to Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. The burgers at Copper Monkey West have been voted best in the area for years. They're legendary. That's not all. USDA Choice Steaks, Ribeye Filet, New York Strip, and Philly Cheesesteaks, Chicken Sandwiches, Salmon, and more. Their sandwiches are now made with boar's head meat. Copper Monkey West has a full bar featuring many local brews, all served to you by some of the nicest, friendliest folks around. Takeout available, Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. Mmm, it really does taste that good. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 865 2266. That's 1 800 865 2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 865 2266. That's 1 800 865 2266. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Our college football national championship presented by AT&T. The top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs look to defend their title. We didn't build this program hoping for one-year wonder. While the TCU Horned Frogs are one step from one of the more improbable runs in college football history. Georgia, third-ranked TCU. Coverage starts Monday night at 6.30 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Coming in February, Florida Gators softball right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. I just want to listen to the Stones for a while. Uh, welcome back to Sports Scene. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Steve, you're up. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Steve. How are you today? I'm great. Happy New Year. Same to you. Um, Steve, back in, the, back in the 70s when free agency came into the NFL, they said it was going to bring, bring parity to the NFL, and it, it sure did. We got the playoffs, a bunch of 8-8 eight eight teams that got to win a game this weekend to make the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. But but I was thinking about NIL the other day. You know, after it settles down in a in a year or two, do you think that that's going to bring any parity to college football or college sports, college athletics? You know, you could name six or eight teams for the last ten years for the teams that were going to make the college football playoffs every year. Well, there is some. I mean, did anybody think TCU? would be there this year. Um, well, they've been in the conversation for two or three years. Yeah, so. not really. I mean, I don't think anybody thought yeah. at the start of the year, TC, Sonny Dykes is the first-year coach. I don't think yeah. anybody thought Sonny Dykes in his first year would be playing for a national championship. But that yeah. said, the, the, here's the issue. When you expand something and you get more teams to be able to, you know, get in it, well, that – obviously helps those schools in recruiting, you know, getting national recognition. So that's part of it. But I'm not so sure this NIL thing, in your words, Steve, is going to settle down anytime soon. It is, there's no, there's nothing that I see in sight where anybody is doing anything to reel this in. And yeah. until that happens, all I mean, all bets are off. And and the coaches are uh, are complaining about other coaches that are 
cheating and, and well, raiding their teams. Yeah. yeah, tampering. Yeah, yes. And um, yeah, like you said, the way it's set up now, I I don't see any solution to that. But all right, I just I just wondered, you know. Back in the day, Bear Bryant used to sign 150 players, so Auburn couldn't sign any, and and we've gone 180 degrees from that. So I just wondered if some of these other players that are not getting a chance to play at some of the schools will go to another school, and, and of course there'll be expanded playoffs. But it might bring the level of some of the other schools up. So Here's here's where the transfer portal is an amazing thing okay i think everybody would would say to you that at least under nick saban alabama is going to be in the conversation to get into the college football playoff no matter how many teams are there i, I think that's a fair st- i don't think anybody would quibble with that right and yet they've had a mass exodus of players by alabama standards well, why? I mean, Alabama only won 11 games this year. Only. Okay? So, yeah. what happens? You have a Trey Sanders who was supplanted at running back by Jameer Gibbs. He transfers. So, he's not, he's not going someplace that has a better chance than Alabama to win. He's going because he thinks he can play. And that's why yeah. most kids transfer in the first place. So, I don't think that's going to change much. But here's what I do think is going to change. If you do win a national championship, you still might transfer because you might try to go someplace and win another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if the team doesn't look as strong the next year and, and you're a senior and and it, the outlook is not as good, then you go to sure. you transfer somewhere else yep. and win two national championships. Yep. And then we'll have players that have won three national championships with three teams. Could be. Well, no, right, I mean you you only get the one time transfer, so yeah. I mean that. But but I I see what you're saying. All right, Steve, thank you yeah. for your call. Bring D in here. Hi, D. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, uh, Gator basketball, Steve. Uh, you know, I heard you earlier said that tomorrow is not a must win. I couldn't disagree with you more, man. Uh, you know, last year's uh, schedule kind of broke out the same way. Uh, you had two out of three at home. Uh, you and you lost at Auburn, and you lost. You started zero and three. If they lose tomorrow, Steve, their next four games they have three out of the four on the road at LSU, at Mississippi State, at A and M, sandwiched the home game at Missouri. The February schedule starts off with Tennessee at home, at Kentucky, at Alabama. If you don't win tomorrow, Steve, uh, you're in trouble. And I just, I just don't think you. Can, I mean, one and two. Sounds a hell of a lot better at 0-3 because I think if you lose tomorrow, Steve, I don't know where the psyche of this team is. Uh, you, you can't beat kind of me, mediocre to marginal teams at home. What are you going to do on the road against above average to good teams in the league? So uh, if, if they lose tomorrow, man, uh, I think the season is really on shaky ground here well, compared to what they got coming up. I don't dispute that, right? But here I, I guess I, I see things more half full than most people do. A loss is a loss is a loss. Would you agree with that? I'd agree. Okay. But if I'm a coach, I look and I say, we went on the road 
and lost by three to a nationally ranked team. And we lost by three at home to, you know, okay, a middle-of-the-pack A&M team. So we're, we're, we're competitive, boys. You know, we do some things a little bit better, take, you know, take care, better, better care of the basketball or hit some three-point shots. We can go to LSU and win. You know, we might, we might catch Missouri on a bad night and beat Missouri at home. So that's why I say it's semantics, D. I'm not discounting how important this game is for Florida to win. It's huge. But is it life or death? Because there's so many other games left that I think they're capable of winning, at least you know on paper, because they've been competitive so far in the league. Yeah, I, I I just see Steve, man. I just see so many deficiencies with this team. Now, like I said, man, their their margin of error is so razor thin. And if you can't win these games at home, man, and you got the big boys coming up on your schedule, man, I just I I, they, they, I gotta see it, Steve. I have to see it because right now, uh, they're probably if I rank the SEC teams, they're probably like twelve or thirteen, man. I just I just don't see it right now. Okay, we will find out tomorrow. Yep. All right, D. Appreciate you as always, man. Thank you. Yeah, I I totally see D's point, and I'll use the word or use the the phrase, must win, okay? I I don't like that term. Is the game important? Yes. Is, Is the game huge? Yes. Because, again, as a coach, you can look. I From a fan's eyes, D's absolutely right. You you look at the schedule, and I got it in front of me now. Florida goes to LSU, has Missouri here, who's playing as well as anybody in the league, and they got to go to A and M, and then go to Starkville. Now, normally, that's not daunting, but as much as I use the margin of error in a positive way. Can also use it in a negative way. Florida doesn't have, at least now, a lot of margin of error to be successful. So we will see. 128, time check brought to you by Hayes Jillery. Still time for your calls. Hope we get them. Want to talk some sports with you? ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live from Weimar Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo, Maria and Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At Staples, you can count on every project being print perfect, guaranteed. I need presentations and brochures printed, and they have to be perfect. Your bounded presentations, brochures with the finest folds, and more will be done right every time. That's our print big promise. Now at Staples, get $10 off your document printing and marketing materials order of $50 or more, plus 20% back by a store bonus. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends to 11. Rewards members only. Bonus must be redeemed in store. See staples.com slash stores slash big for details. 
Hey, folks, it's Steve Russell for Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, where you can walk up or drive through for the freshest burgers in town made to order. They support local Florida cattle ranchers, and they still feature great milkshakes, including the Key Lime Shake. Outdoor patio umbrella seating is available, and if you're in a hurry, you can order online for a quick pickup at DickMondell's.com. Remember, open seven days a week. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. The best burgers, shakes, and fries you'll eat at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. We all drive. Sooner or later, we're going to have to replace our tires. I trust the experts at TireRack.com. For over 40 years, they've been revolutionizing tire buying. Go to TireRack.com radio and tell them what you drive. They'll show you tires that are a perfect fit. Not sure where to start? Their easy-to-use tire decision guide shows you the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Their extensive selection includes the full lineup of Kumo Extra, Crujin, and Road Venture tires. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. This message is brought to you by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help regularly remove your personal information like your name and address from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more. Discover.com slash online privacy protection. That's discover.com slash online privacy protection. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Sunny skies and cooler temperatures are going to wrap up the work week for us. Highs today in the mid-60s with winds from the north. Tonight, mostly clear. Lows getting a little colder by tomorrow morning. Most spots should be in the upper 30s. Tomorrow afternoon, lots of sunshine again. Highs in the upper 60s and lower 70s. By Sunday, increasing cloudiness and a little warmer. Highs in the low to mid-70s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. People with laptops, they want to be smart. No, I want to be I didn't portable. Say anything. I want to be portable. You have a phone. You got a phone, man. It's the same thing. Stop. A the, phone is a computer. It's the You're, same thing. The reason people are always on their phones is not a phone. Oh, it's God. a computer. It's I'm the taking same. technology advice from you, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. What is this tweeter thing? He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Coming in February, Florida Gator Baseball, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Coming down the stretch a Friday sports scene. 392-8255. Peyton says, is there still a tournament below the NIT? Uh, I think the CBI is still there. Uh, maybe Jose can look that up, but I'm pretty sure uh, the NCAA tournament, the NIT, and the CBI are, are the ones that he's speaking of. So, yeah, I think the answer is yes, Peyton. Uh, William says, as a follow-up to yesterday, I think Florida has to recruit better as well, but Florida has the third-best average player in the country for 2023. Volume has to be better, and clearly we need to add five starts, which we have for 24. Norvell has three years under his belt, and recruiting isn't good enough to win at a high level consistently, period. We don't know that, William. We don't know that. 
again, I'm going to repeat what I said yesterday. Florida's class was 13th in 24-7 rankings. FSU's was 19th. Is it that much of a difference? I don't know. Time will tell. And he says one thing about NIL, return on investment will slow it down. Good businessmen don't continue to make losing bets. Let Ruiz from Miami have a couple of busts. This will stop in a hurry. I don't know about that either. One of the things, I'm not going to give away what I want to do, but this is, I think, a frustration point with fans. Okay? And I don't even know, I'm going to use Billy Napier as an example, but it could be any coach. Billy is of the Nick Saban school, right? He's He is the guy, he talks for the program. You don't hear assistant coaches, he does the talking. And that's fine. What I think fans would like to hear, and frankly, I would like to hear, there's this perception out there, and maybe it's true, that I've heard a lot of Gator fans say this, there's no excuse, our basketball program should be where it is, there's no excuse, our football program should be where it is because of the money, we're in the state of Florida, we have a huge alumni base, so I think there's this perception out there that Florida, through its Gator Collective, is not, <clears throat> is not shelling out money that other schools are to attract talent. Wouldn't it be nice if we knew that? And I understand that they're not going to just say, oh, well, we threw out $6 million this year. They're, not, they're probably not going to say that. But I would love to know that. How competitive is Florida? And, you know, for a guy like Anthony Richardson, who had plenty of NIL here, okay, how much was that? If, if a player has the right to make the money he makes through, the, through NIL, it's just like what I make here in salary, I don't have to tell you. So same thing with, a, with, a, with an athlete. If they're getting whatever money they're getting in the NIL, they don't need to tell you that. They don't have to. They probably shouldn't. But it would be nice to know in the discussion of exactly you know, what is being done in terms of trying to get some of these kids to come here. So maybe someday we'll get that. Brian emailed yesterday, and he said he spoke on it not being acceptable for the Gators to be at the bottom of any sport the university fields. Wanted to elaborate. With the re- Again, my point, with the resources UF has to offer, I believe it's reasonable to expect UF to compete in all sports. I don't expect national titles in every season. Oh, gosh, I hope not. But I do feel expecting to compete for tournament spots in all sports is an obtainable goal. Furthermore, the football team should, not, should also be uh, expected to be at least a middle-league SEC team, not a bottom feeder as the last two years. What I will tell you is, Brian, go look at any school. Look at Oklahoma. 
You think Oklahoma fans right now are saying the same thing you're saying? We're Oklahoma. We, look what we've done. Well, they had their first losing season since 1997 this past year. Okay? It happens to everybody is my point. It's not if you're going to hit the skids. It's how long you hit the skids. Every program has done it. Mighty Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, you name them, it's happened. I'm a history guy. Look at the history. How long are you down? Look how long Georgia. Georgia wasn't relevant for years. Well, now, and they will they will drop off. History shows you they will. Now, it may not be for a while with Kirby Smart there, just like it's not going to be a while with Nick Saban there, but, and I understand if you're a fan now, you don't want to wait that long. I get it. He says, one could argue, football and basketball teams could be considered the worst in the SEC. You seem to disagree. Please elaborate more. The way the football team finished, who in the league would you think they could have beaten at the end of the season? Isn't every game different? Okay. And he says, what team in the SEC is worse than the Gators at basketball? I, was, I think Vanderbilt probably still is. But here's my point. Did any, if you were a South Carolina fan and you watched South Carolina play Florida and Florida just kicked their doors in, I wonder, Brian, if people of Carolina would have had the same thought process you have in making that statement. What happened to South Carolina? Every game is different, right? But I get it because the last thing we saw was not a good effort at Vanderbilt and certainly not a good effort in the bowl game. But I promise you, if Florida wins 10 games next year, nobody will remember or care about what's happened the past two years. All right, let's get some calls to end the day, I hope. 392-8255, 392-8255, email srussell at wruf.com. Monday, we will get uh, the unofficial sports scene poll. Who do you pick? I'm not who you want to win. And I think most people around here don't want Georgia to win. But who do you think will win the national championship game? And, of course, we'll be able to dissect uh, Florida and Georgia, both from the men's perspective in the women's perspective, if Florida loses this game in men's basketball, they will drop to below 500 on the year. Florida's currently seven and seven, while Georgia is uh, 11 and three. So now you look at their schedule. They beat Notre Dame. Now, how good is Notre Dame this year? I don't know. Lost by a couple to Georgia Tech. You know, it's been an okay uh, non-conference schedule for them. Um, but it certainly wasn't, I don't think, as tough as Florida's. And that's the other thing. I wonder in future years if Todd Golden will not schedule as difficult a non-conference schedule as Mike White traditionally had done. Because when you do, you have chances to lose those kinds of games, and obviously then your overall record will not be as good as you know, some other teams that don't play the kind of competition that uh, 
Florida does. So we'll see. Uh, Carl has an email. Um, long. I'm trying to sift through it here. He basically is asking the question, what's the magic number of wins for football next year to keep the fan base off of Napier? Eight or nine. I, I, but part of it is the schedule. When Florida beat Utah to start the year, Carl, Gator fans, that's the worst thing could happen to Florida because the, the fan expectation went up significantly because they beat, you know, what turned out to be a conference champion Utah team. Well, can Florida beat Utah on the road? Yes, I think they can. Will they be favored to do it? Now, we don't know the rosters yet. Heck, we don't even know who the quarterbacks are going to be for those games. So it's pretty hard in the month of January to handicap something's going to happen in September. But, again, I think eight or nine games probably, Carl, will make most people happy. Uh, by the way, circle this date on your calendar. Scott Strickland's going to be here on January 24th. We got that confirmation. Um, so we look forward to having him uh, back in studio. And uh, that'll be fun to have him again. Uh, let's see here. One more. Sam emails. And I'm out of emails, so come on, people, for one last segment. Pony up some sports here. Uh, Sam's question uh, revolves around baseball. He says, uh, Steve, the, the Gators are preseason ranked in the top five of just about every poll, as is softball. Um, and he says, who has a better chance? I, I get asked that a lot. I, I haven't looked at their schedules yet, but they both have a really, I mean, they're talented. But what happens if a pitcher gets hurt? Or that's the one thing you never know. And, you know, what happens in a regional or a super regional? Florida's not had great success the last couple of years, but their roster is certainly a lot better. From a talent standpoint, I certainly think it's better. And, you know, Sully made a great point. Um, he thinks the roster is more balanced and it's more veteran. A lot of young guys played. Now this team's a pretty veteran team. 144, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. Everybody's friendly. You know, you walk into some places and you can tell who's having a bad day. Not here. It's like everybody's having a good day. Every day. Expect the unexpected. I thought I had the worst dental problems that anyone could have. Not so. Uh, once it, once we got into the procedures and, and he explained everything that was going to be done, my problems seemed few. If you have any type of hang-ups or fears, anxiety about going to the dentist, which most people probably do, I can assure you, especially from my experience, that they'll relax you. 
enough to where you, you don't have those fears or anxieties. And that's been the greatest part of, of being here. And that's why I continue to stay here. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez. And if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. There's no place like home for the holidays. Most of the time, that's true. But a lot of homes are filled with dysfunction, drama, and difficult family relationships. Christmas can often bring more pain and frustration than comfort and joy. Well, think about this. Jesus was born into a long line of sinners, even though he was without sin. His family tree includes liars, wicked kings, a murderer, and even a prostitute. Talk about dysfunction. But through it all, God was in control, accomplishing his master plan. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. When we place our faith in him, we enter a new family as sons and daughters of the living God. Now, all of this may not change your family circumstances, but maybe it can change you. Christmas reminds us that the Lord is able to make something beautiful out of anything, even broken family relationships. This is Bryant Wright, wishing you a Merry Christmas right from my heart. For devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials. But you don't need to wait for nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com and follow them on social media to see the latest specials. Come get Social at The Social at Midtown. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Now that we have started a new year, think about ways you can help the environment. First, make the switch to green soaps and personal products and green cleaning products for the sink and shower. Use towels made from materials like organic cotton. And finally, make the switch to LED lights, which can last for many years and use very little power. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Nish here, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on the ESPN 98.1 FM. 850 AM WRUF and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. All right, final segment here. John will begin our phone calls. John, hi. Hey, Steve. Um, so your call screener, Jose, has got excellent phone manners. You guys, you guys teach that as part of? Sure. I mean, yeah, you don't I, you don't want you know somebody calling and going, hey, "What do you want?" I mean, yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, but he was, he was. I mean, I'd hire him as a damn receptionist or, you know, someone to answer the phone. He's excellent. Uh, Jose, anyway. remember, he said that now he'd hire you just in case you can't, you know, whatever, right? You got, yeah, you got a job exactly. or something happens. Okay. I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> want that. But, um, um, I wanted to ask you, Steve, in this, you're a big New York guy. Is there any kind of relationship if you're a Jets fan, you're also – a Giants fan, or a you know, or or, or not the uh, if you're a Yankees, you're Giants. If you're Mets, you know, is there any relation like that? Yes, traditionally, and you know, it, it's funny. I, I am always regarded 
as a New Yorker, and I've lived way, way more time in Florida than I have in New York, but that's another story. Um, You know, before the Mets were created and before the Jets were created, you know, you were in baseball in the 50s. You either were a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan or a Giants fan, which is before my time. And then when they went away, you only had the Yankees for a while. So if the Mets, when the Mets were created, remember, they didn't have interleague play then. But the Mets, for some reason, outdrew the Yankees in attendance when the Yankees were still winning championships. There were a lot of people that liked National League Baseball. And Mm. when the Jets came around, the Giants were still winning with Y.A. Tittle. And then when the Giants declined, the Jets got better with Joe Namath. Just as when the Yankees declined, the Mets got better when they won the series in 69. So long answer to a short question. The traditional teams in New York have always been the Yankees, the Knicks, the Rangers, um, and the Giants. And then when the Nets were created, they were the New, they were the New York Nets for a while. Um, and then when the Jets were created, when the Islanders were created, that splintered the fan base a little bit. So wait a minute. It was the Jets, the Mets, and the Nets? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yes. I, I never even thought of that. Yeah. And the Nets, <laughs> when they were had a, in a, the old ABA. With a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, in the old ABA, the Nets were really good. One Julius Irving played for them for a while. Billy Paltz. Uh, they were a good team. Yeah. Another thing I want to add, you're, you're a big baseball guy. Did you ever get into baseball carts? Are you still in it? Or uh, That's a long story. I'll make short. Um <laughs> When I was a kid, uh, my grandma, who was just the best, would always go to the A&P to shop. Sure. And when she did, she would stop by a place called Phillips Confectionery. And it was run by two older ladies. It was a candy shop, and it was just had old wood floors, smelled of candy. Just, oh, my gosh, what a place. Well, my grandma didn't have a lot, but she always found room to buy me baseball or football cards. And so as a kid, as a little kid, I collected them and I flipped them, you know, with the neighborhood sure. kids. Well, even I at, you know, eight, nine, ten years old knew you didn't flip a Mickey Mantle card. You know, you could flip an Ed Crane pool card, but you couldn't flip a Mickey Mantle card because you wanted to save the card. My mom uh, was cleaning. She tripped over the box of cards, and she burned them. Oh. I could have sent my kids to college on those cards. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because I I was just talking to somebody who said how much they just recently have all gone up. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, my son and I collected when he was growing up, and I still have some, you know, that I've kept over the years. Um, But now, I mean, it's almost become cost prohibitive to collect you you need to have a brinks truck to buy some stuff yeah well safe place to keep your money steve better than a bank yeah well as as a guy chris used to own a card shop here and i would ask him what should i collect and he said if you collect old cars they don't make them anymore yeah he's right that's right all All right right, john yep thank you for your call andrew welcome to the show 
Yes, uh, Steve, before we go leave today, uh, big game with the uh, Georgia Bulldogs coming in, uh, Coach Mike White's uh, crew. But, you know, Steve, deep down inside, uh, we really need just a conference victory. It doesn't matter what team or who's coaching it. Agreed. Uh, we need a conference victory. And I say to myself, you know, that thing about um, – Coach White, you know, uh, sometimes maturation occurs and it just happened to be where he landed. But there's no ill will, I'm sure, anywhere. And there's not going to be anything special about beating him other than that's going to be our first conference victory. I disagree. I disagree. I think there is going to be something special about beating him. More so, I think, for the fans than the players. But, Uh I mean, look, the players he recruited that are here, um, I, I mean, maybe there's something I don't know about, but I don't. I didn't sense any, you know, ill will, you know, between player and coach. I, I think Georgia will be more fired up to win for Mike White than Florida would be to beat Mike White. But I think what you said at the beginning is the bottom line. Florida needs an SEC win. Period. Yeah, that zero three is not going to look pretty. Have a good weekend, Steve. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. You too. Boxing Jim, hello. Hey, Steve. I didn't call about this, but since you mentioned the baseball cards, I remember, you know, in the late 50s, early 60s, we would buy a little pack of baseball cards that had a real thin, flat piece of bubble gum in it, about the size of the card. Do you recall that? Yep. Yeah. And we, you know, I don't remember how many, probably five cards. I don't recall, uh, but there was a few cards in it. And the, and the, but I remember the bubble gum being about the size of the cards. But uh, I made you myself, but that's okay. But looking ahead to Monday nights, uh, I guess you're going to be on Monday and we, we can call in and prognosticate and all that or what? Correct. Uh, okay. Well, I, okay. Well, let me just uh, – TCU, uh, I really believe their offense is a little better than Georgia, but but their defense is not. Steve, what do you – just you want to comment on that right now? What, how do you see that? Say that one more time, please. I believe TCU's offense, let me say, is as good or better than 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 Georgia's, but but I but I believe Georgia has the better defense. But how do you see uh, TCU's defense matching up with Georgia's offense? Well, I mean, if you looked at the semifinal games, uh, a lot of offense and not a whole lot of defense. And That's I mean, true. even Georgia's, you know, they've had, they've had some injuries on that side of the ball, but. You know, they gave up a lot of points. And it doesn't – I don't think this game's going to be 17-13. I think both teams are going to score. Yeah. Well, both uh, both playoff games, uh, I mean, uh, you know, high-scoring games. Right. Really, uh, it came right down to the wire. And also, I know it's going to be interesting uh, Monday night. Steve, have a good weekend. Yep, you too, Boxing Jim. Thank you. Steven says, I don't want Mike White celebrating in our opponent's locker room post-game tomorrow. George will be fired up for him. What do you think Florida's mindset will be? I, I kind of mentioned that, Stephen. I, I, I think if you can't, it's going to be more about Georgia's players wanting to win for Mike White coming back here than it is for Florida's players to beat Mike White. I really believe that. I think for Florida, I don't care if the coach is Donald Duck. You got to win a game in the league. 
That's what your mindset's got to be. If it happens to be against Mike White, that's fine. But that's the bottom line here is they got to get a conference win. And, uh, you know, that that's simple. It really is that simple to me. And as many of you have already stated, many of you think this is a must-win game for Florida because, look, I'll say this, and a must-win in the sense of if you have any aspiration of being an NCAA tournament team except if you can win the SEC tournament, you know, go on a run, something like that, uh, then this is what you you got to win this game. So uh, we will see. Uh, all right, one last uh, email, and we will say uh, goodbye to the de- for the day. Tony says, uh, interesting story about uh, you collecting cards and whatnot. Exactly what did your mom... I've told this before, Tony. My mom was a hard worker, owned a restaurant, owned a diner, and sometimes she could be a little prickly. Uh, she asked me to, I had, I had cards in a shoebox, several shoeboxes, and she said, put them under the bed when I go to your grandma's house to clean. Well, I thought I did that. Well, she tripped over the box and apparently wasn't very happy she tripped over the box, and then she went down, put them in the incinerator. And I can remember the cards that I had, and I'm telling you, I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Those cards now would, would be would be worth a fortune. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. That's our show for today. Thanks to our really good guest today, Allison Posey, sports director up at ABC 27 Television, talking about Florida State football. Chuck Dowdle, the Georgia men's basketball radio analyst. Former Gator coach Lon Kruger, he'll be honored here tomorrow. Uh, and Mike DiRocco covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for ESPN, ESPN.com. Enjoy the weekend. We'll come back on Monday. Look at both Gator basketball teams and how they do against Georgia. And, of course, get you ready for the national championship game Monday night. Thanks to Jose for producing. We'll talk to you Monday. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRU.